This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our assistant pastor, Pastor Roxy, will be continuing our checkup from the Neck Up series. Enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Abba, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity to worship you to call upon you while we yet live, to call upon you while we yet breathe. We ask this morning, oh God, that you come and visit us this morning. Let your anointing flow in and through this place. Rest upon every heart and every ear. I pray, Lord God, that he that has an ear to hear, let him hear in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, Lord God, for the move of God. We thank you right now, Lord God, for your touch. We thank you right now, Lord God, for your conviction. We thank you right now for your deliverance. We thank you right now for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing as we continue with this service to bring you glory and to bring you honor. For you are worthy of our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Giving honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to the shepherd of this house, and our first lady in their absence. Thank you. I am Minister Roxy, and I am on assignment this morning to give you a word. Amen. Amen. So, y'all pray for me as I deliver this word. Amen. Amen. Pastor asked me to continue with his series on training the brain. So, He gave me the scripture, and he gave me the premise, and I prayed about that. And I'm going to give y'all the word that God told me to give you in keeping with his his theme and his premise. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I'll ask you to turn to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Amen. Amen. And while you're finding that, um, i like to acknowledge our visitors in the house. My cousins-in-law are here this morning. Wave your hands. Amen. Brother Scott and Brother Johnson. Amen. Amen. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't honor my husband. And so I honor him as my covering. Amen. All right. Cause he bring home the bacon and I wish I could tell y'all I cook it because I don't cook but he bring it home it's just in the refrigerator y'all can have some if you want some because <laughs> it's in there amen <laughs> amen Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 through 11 and it reads then and I want to come back to that then that's why I emphasize that then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted In the Greek, it all tempted means tested by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, 
throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Amen. Amen. For your listening pleasure, I will present to you this morning, fight back. You may be seated. Fight back. In keeping with the series that our pastor has been teaching us, I'm going to give you a, a really short recap of what he's been talking on the past two weeks, and then I'm going to bring it in to this week. Amen? Amen. So just to recap, uh, pastor first started this series with, I changed my mind. And the nugget out of that is if you have a good heart, then you're a good person. But if you have a good mind, you can have a good life. That was week one. Week one also said, if you renew the mind, it's the difference in between living and living righteously. Week two, he told us to train your brain. When you have a made-up mind, you don't allow your mood to tell your mind what to do. You allow your mind to tell your mood what to do. That's what Pastor preached those first two weeks. So week number three in Matthew chapter four I'm just going to aid and assist in renewing our mind by understanding the rules of engaging the enemy. Amen? Amen. And how we have to fight back. I was in the military. I was in the Army. And um, my job in the military was 25 Papa, which was audio video documentation specialist. And what I did is I went to the field with the soldiers, we call them the grunts, with the artillery and the infantry men. And my job was to film them fighting, simulated fighting. And then I would bring my footage back to the generals and the colonels and the you know, full-bred uh, colonels and show them what happened. They would study the footage and they would readjust the footage for the next 30 days when we had to go to the field, let me correct that, when they went to the field, because the army was good to me. They put me in a hotel. They didn't leave me out there with them grunts. They took me out there, I took some pictures, and they put me in a hotel, right? I went out there with 300 men. That just wasn't wise, amen? But my footage, they would study. And when they saw something that was not right, we went back out and had to readjust. So I want to share with you this morning that I've been studying this book of Matthew and studying the tactics of the enemy because he doesn't change. If you can know how your enemy fights, Brother Tony, you can counteract that thing. The late Muhammad Ali, I watched a documentary of him on his life. And for all his great matches, he said, I would spend hours watching my opponent fight. He said, I would watch how many times they used the right fist or how many times they used the left fist. And I would look to see how far his reach went when he swung. He said, so when I was in the ring, you thought I was just dancing around. But I knew his swing could only go so far because I'd studied for hours my opponents before we had to fight. Because the fight was coming. 
So I'm telling you now, the enemy is coming to your front door. The fight is coming to your address. Know how to counteract him when he comes. Uh, this morning, I want to teach briefly on how you're going to effectively fight back. Now, remember I told you I'd like to start with the then Jesus, right? So then is a subordinate clause. It begins uh, a sentence telling you that something has happened previous to. So if you went back to Matthew, the third chapter, there are four significant things that happened before Jesus went into the desert. Amen. Number one, a crowd of people were watching John the Baptist baptize people. So Jesus stepped up to be baptized. That's significant. Number two, after Jesus was baptized, it was a public declaration of his acceptance of God's righteousness. The Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, not a dove, like a dove. That's what it looked like. This is what really blew my mind. Then a voice says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. You got it? So then he went to the wilderness. Now remember, Jesus has just been confirmed and affirmed by this voice from heaven, by this likeness of the Holy Spirit, by coming up out of the water baptism, that he is the son of God. Had I been there, I would say definitely he was or is the son of God. So the first thing the devil does is when he took him to the desert, he said, if you are the son of God. First thing the enemy will do was always try to get you to doubt who you are. Number one, he hadn't changed. He always tried to get you to doubt who you are. So who are you? You may ask Roxy. I'm glad you asked. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You don't let guilt, condemnation, or wrong choices prevent you from getting back to the throne of God, ever. You are the righteousness of God. His soul-cleansing blood washed away every dark stain of sin and shame so you could come boldly to him. You are his beloved. He says, I loved you so much, I gave you my only begotten son. You are his friend. Jesus said, everything I learned from the Father, I willingly share it with you. You were foreknown and predestined to be conformed into his image in order that you might be the firstborn among the brethren. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for all his own possession. The Bible says you were called and elected, so loved by him that he individually selected you. That's why, Arisha, he wakes you up in the middle of the night for those early morning conversations. Your relationship with him is an intimate one. That's why he'll nudge you, Brother George, at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, come on, let's talk. That's why you don't fit in with your friends like you once did because you were predestined to be different. That's who you are. Others may embrace the foolery of the world's thinking and acceptance, but not you. You're not supposed to. You don't have to hear their side. You don't have to understand where they're coming from. For what? You were called and elected, so why get involved? You are already different. I like to think of it like this. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So in my mind, I see Jesus standing over to the side watching the angels fight. He's watching them. He didn't get up and go ask Satan to explain his side. He didn't go and invite him to come into his presence so he could hear what he had to say. He didn't invite him to break bread together so they can talk. He said, I saw him fall. 
in my mind, he didn't have to fight, number one, because it wasn't worth his effort. I'm just going to watch you. I didn't debate with him, Jesus said, because he wasn't worth my knowledge. I didn't hear his point of view because it wasn't worth my time. I saw him fight and then I saw him lose. Why should I doubt who I am? Why do I have to step in and validate who I am to you? I am the son of God. Know who you are when the enemy comes because he's going to try to make you doubt who you are. Your identity in him is stable. Your identity in him will never change. So when Satan said, if you are the son of man, he already knew. He already knows who you are. He already knows your prayer life is strong. He already knows you know to call on the name of Jesus. He already knows you know how to go to a word. He already knows. But if he can get you to doubt that, oh my God, it's a strategy. Study the enemy. No, he's going to come at you like that. Study the enemy. So look, so then Jesus says, turn these stones into bread. You know, Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Look, look, he suggested he turn the stones into bread because he already knew he could. Here's another tactic of the enemy. He won't suggest anything to you that he know you can't do. He already knows you can fornicate. He already knows you can lie. He already knows you can get back into that habit. He's not going to suggest to you what you can't do. Oh, it's going to be familiar, baby. That's another tactic. You don't have to prove who you are. Here's a nugget, and this one's for free. The Holy Ghost told me that there will be times when God will allow some things to test you by permission that he can easily defeat by his power. I'm going to say that again because the baby distracted you. The Holy Ghost said there are times when things God will allow some stuff to come up into your life by permission that he can so easily defeat by his power. But the Lord says, I want to know if you know who you are my God. Because when you know who you are, baby, there's some assurance in your life. I refuse to argue my belief of Jesus Christ with anybody. I know who I am. If I can't quote it, I'll look it up. If I can't read it, I'll sound it out. If I don't understand it the first time, I'll read another version of the text. If I don't remember it, George, I'll write it down. I don't have to convince you of what I know. I just have to stand on what I know. Uh, because I have researched the enemy, Sister Ada, and I see your tactics, and I see you when you come into my door. Oh, my God. I have learned to fight back with the word of God. Know who you are when the enemy comes. Know who you are when the enemy comes. And if you can't quote the word exactly like it says, he knows what you're talking about. And tell him. I don't, may not know where it is or how to exactly say it, but somewhere I heard somebody say it. By his stripes, I am healed. And that's the only part of the world I got to hold on to because I already know who I am. When you're big and bad enough to step up in my family and mess with my children, I sit there and I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus because in Psalms 91, oh my God, if I abide in the shadow of the Almighty, there's going to be some standards raised up because the Bible says I will lift up a standard against him and the the gates of hell. You better learn your word. If you can't quote it, look it up. You can't read it, s -s -s 
sound it out. But somewhere up in this thing, I'm learning how to fight back. Jesus said it is written. And that's the perfect model for me. If it's written down, baby, go get it. Fight back. Paul tells us in Ephesians number six to put on the whole armor of God. I like when I hear people quote that, Leger. They said, so you'll be able to stand. You got to put on the belt of truth. You got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You got to put on your shoes of peace. You got to hold up your shield of faith. You got to put on your helmet of salvation. But let me tell you, if you don't have the sword, then you standing up there battle ready and can't fight. Battle ready and don't know how to use your weapon. The first thing they taught me in basic training in 1986 was how to assemble and disassemble a weapon. And if we called it a gun, we had to do push-ups because it's not a gun, it's your weapon. And they told us everywhere you go, take your weapon. When we went to bed at night, the weapon was under the bed. When we had guard duty, your weapon was on your shoulder. When we marched down the street as a battalion, singing, I don't know, but I've been told I don't know, but I've been told, and I'm watching with my weapon. And every time they said, be battle ready, honey, you had to present arms. Oh, my God, my God. I didn't know back in 1986 that the weapon they were talking about was carnal. But the word of God ah, that I had to read and study for myself will be my weapon today. Today, your weapon. Satan knows that the word is your weapon. That's why his second attack, he will always try to get you to relinquish your weapon. Lay your weapons down. Put your hands up and come on out. His job is to confuse you about your weapon. That's the second thing he did. The scripture says the devil took him to the holy city. They had him stand on the highest point. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Now, this is Satan. He will command the angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Oh, boy. Jesus was quoting Psalms 91. Part of the scriptures, but he left out a very important part. He left out the part where it says, his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. His angels will guard you from your wrong ways. They will redirect, they will interrupt, they will deviate, they will intervene. Yes, when you are in the way of the Lord. You cannot manipulate God's word to fit wrongly. For Jesus to have jumped off the temple would have been trying to fit the word wrongly. In other words, you cannot use the word when you are not in the right position to use the word. All right? So they will intervene. They will come to you when you are in the shadow of the Almighty. It is a, a prerequisite. A major strategy the enemy has to attack you is to attack you in the very area where you hear God. How about this? He will open the doors of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't receive. And you struggling to pay your bills every month. But you're a tithe payer. He's attacking that word. By his stripes we were healed, but the doctor's report is supported by tests and x-rays. He's attacking your word. 
God has not given me a spirit of fear, but you are afraid. He is attacking the word. He is trying to manipulate it and change it so that it doesn't mean to you what it was meant to mean to you. He will attack the word you're holding on to if you let him. Just don't let him. Don't let go of that word. Don't quit talking about it. Don't be persuaded and influenced or separated from it. Say, Lord God, it may not manifest right now, but it will manifest. I'm going to keep on speaking this word. I'm going to look at this bank account and say, you are a lie in the name of Jesus. God told me I was the head and not the tail. He said I was the first and not the last. Why are you in the negative status? And I'm not preaching something I didn't live. I told you I found a W-2 from like 1991, and oh my Lord, I didn't make any money. How in the world did I live? But I kept speaking that thing. I kept writing the vision and making it plain. And I tapped it up. When I opened my front door, I would read it out loud every time I opened the door. And it manifested. I told you we had bacon in the refrigerator. It manifested. God is good. Now notice how Jesus had to handle Satan. He didn't correct his biblical quotes. He didn't say, yeah, but you left out the part. He didn't do that. He engaged Satan back with the word. He didn't argue, he didn't argue. he just stated matter-of-factly. You got to fight back with the word of God, matter-of-factly. If they come to you with a scripture, counteract with a scripture. If they come to you with this new revelation, counteract with the revelation of the scripture. You got to be able to know the word for yourself. I like to call it the whatsoever word. Mark eleven twenty three talks about the whatsoever. Whatever is going on in your life, I promise you, Jesus calls it a whatsoever. Whatsoever you ask. Lord, this is going on in my life. That's a whatsoever. Whatever it is, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, that's a whatsoever. And if it's a whatsoever, you've already been given a word. You've already been given a weapon to fight against it. I tell you all the time, find scriptures when you pray. Find scriptures when you pray. Find scriptures that support whatever it is you're asking God for. Find scriptures when you pray. The Bible says people perish from the lack of knowledge because you don't know what scripture. You don't know what scripture can support what you're asking God for. You don't know what scripture can counteract that artificial created crisis. Because it's an artificially created one. It's artificially brought to you. Find a word to counteract it. The Bible says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. The third way Satan attacks you is to steal your worship. Satan knows that when you worship God, it matters. Your worship will change your situation. Your worship will touch the very throne of God. Your worship will activate that spiritual stuff that's going to manifest in the natural. Your worship, ooh, when you can worship God when your heart is broke, the Bible says he will not despise you. When you can worship God when you're at your lowest 
point, the Bible says he will not ignore you. When you can worship God when your understanding is limited about that thing, God says your worship will bring your response. When you worship him, it can grant access to him. When you worship him, your life will change. Worship is beyond just singing songs. Worship is that intimacy that God craves with us. Worship is how you hear his voice. Worship is how you feel his presence. Worship is how he will come and speak to you in the middle of the night. When you worship, baby, you develop a relationship. When you worship, that's why you can't listen to the same songs you used to listen to because now they affect your spirit. When you worship God, you don't desire to go clubbing anymore because your relationship has changed. When you worship, you don't want anything contrary to this new relationship that you feel. When you worship, your strength is strengthened by faith. And your faith will always capture the attention of God. He cannot ignore your faith. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus was in a crowd of people. And the Bible says they were pressing up against him. And when she touched the hem of the garment, he stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciple says, what you mean? Look at all these people. What do you mean? He said, no, 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 no. Her faith touched me. In the middle of a crowd, in the middle of the church, your faith will touch him. He won't ignore you. He can't ignore faith. When the centurion came and said, my servant is sick, and he said, Lord, you don't have to come. Just say the word. Jesus said, oh, your faith touched me. When the woman came to Jesus about her daughter, her daughter was dying, and Jesus was at the table and said, why should I give the crumbs to the dogs? And she said, look, and I said, Lord, she wasn't even offended that you called her a dog. I don't know if I would have been like, ooh, what you mean? But she said, ooh, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he said, girl, your faith. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you just have a little bit of faith, that's your weapon. You step out on that faith and back it up with some word, and I guarantee you, I can stand here with all assurances and tell you God will show up. God will show up. He will show up. He will show up in your situation. He will show up in your circumstance. And I can stand here boldly and proclaim he will because he did it for me. And he is not a God that just respects one person over another. He died for all of us. Satan knows that, so he wants your worship. Now get this. Satan knows you are a believer. He knows you would never bow down and worship him. That's not how he gets your worship. You know how he gets your worship? He gets you to skip church. You won't bow down to Satan, but you'll skip church. You'll stay home and watch a game. You'll stay home because you're tired. You'll stay home because you don't feel like it. You'll stay home just to be entertained. You'll skip church. Now, I want you to say this. Insert skipping church for worship. What will you skip worship for? Oh, my God. Because if Satan can take your worship, it's a strategy to pull you out of the arms of your God. So one of the tactics you have to do is worship. Your worship is important. 
The song said, as long as I'm breathing, I'm going to worship you. I tell God all the time, Lord God, you're more important to me than myself. You're more important to me than my pride. You're more important to me than my self-respect. You're more important to me. And Lord God, I've had to prove that thing. But he is. He is. It's a weapon to him. The enemy is going to engage you. Are you prepared to fight back? Are you prepared to notice his strategies? Some of them are subtle and some of them are in your face. But the word is the word all the time. Stand there and start speaking the word in the name of Jesus. On my job, I had a parent, parents upset with me because I suspended their babies. Now, let me just say this to the parents in the room. If you know your kid is bad, he bad at home. Don't come up to me at the school and say, he don't act like that at home. Yes, he do. He do. Because truth be told, when that little Johnny's sitting across the table from you, he act the same way. And I just look at mama. Yes, he does. So the parents came. They were going to get me because I suspended little Johnny for three days. Keep him at home with you. They were mad. So on the fourth day when they brought him back, they needed a conference. I was praying, Lord God, I don't feel like dealing with this. I don't know if they're going to. I was already prepared, y'all. If he come in cussing, I'm going to tell them I'm excusing myself because I ain't got to listen to that. I'm just not in the mood. I was all prepared. What I was going to tell them, I had already told the secretary, leave the door open because if they try to get physical, I'm going out this door and leaving them in there. If you see me come back, just call 911 because I'm not fooling with you. Already there. So then I started speaking, Lord God, you haven't given me the spirit of fear. Whatever spirits are walking up in here with mama and daddy going to be subjected to the God in me. So I got out of my car. And I walked in that schoolhouse. The meeting was at 745. I didn't get to work till 730. I put down my purse. I went in there. Mama was there. I said, where's daddy? She said, he's on his way. Can we wait? I said, sure, we'll wait on daddy. Daddy came in. We go in there. And you can see the attitude. He all jawed and swole up. And he's getting ready to just let me have it. Now, I still sat in the seat. I told the secretary, I'm going to sit in. Look, this is my seat. Have that door open, just leave it cracked. Because if daddy jump, I'm out. All right? Because, you know, parents are crazy. So they come in, and I just let him talk. Oh, he didn't understand it. And oh, his son might have made a mistake, but the punishment was too severe. And oh, da, 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 and I let him talk. Let me tell you, by the end of the meeting, she was crying, and he was thanking me for my service. Because I said, in the name of Jesus. And while he was talking, I tried not to move my lips. But I was saying, you will be subject to the blood of Jesus up in here. I will not bow down and back down from you. And I was trying to say it very subtly so he don't think I'm crazy. You know, moving my lips. But I was praying the peace of God up in here. And when it was time it was over, he shook my hand and said, thank you, Mrs. Norfolk. My son will not do that again. And I said, thank you, sir, for being the type of parent that you are. Because if you do it again, I'm going to send him home again. 
but you have to be subject. Do not let the enemy walk up on your job, walk up in your house, walk up in your family, walk up in your face. You better see him when he's coming. You better recognize who he is. And it's not the person you think it is. It's the spirit behind them. See that. See that and be prepared to fight back. Fight back. Your first response might be in the flesh. Roll it back. Say, wait a minute, wait a minute. That ain't godly. That ain't Jesus. Let me remember what Sister Roxy said. Let me find a quote of scripture. Let me go to my phone and pull up the Bible act. And if you don't have the Bible act, Google it. Put in a couple of words. that will pop up. Be able to speak to your situation. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. Learn how to engage the enemy. You've already studied his tactics. He hasn't changed since the beginning of time. You know what he's going to come at you with. Speak to him. Speak to him because he is subject to the word of God. All Jesus said is it is written. You can say that too. It is written. I don't know where it's written, but somewhere it's written because this ain't God. Learn how to fight back. Study the terms of engagement. And baby, as you are fighting back in the word, your faith can't help but to grow. Oh, my God. Your faith can't help but to increase. But you as God's people have to know how to walk this thing out. Fight back. And it starts, as Pastor says, in the mind. Oh, my God. If you can renew your mind, you've already won the battle. Don't let Satan play mind games with you because he's going to try it. He's going to try it. You feel yourself sinking into some sort of depression. Nope, 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 nope. God's been too good for me. Let me think back on what he's brought me out of. David said he had to encourage himself. He said if anybody lacks joy, baby, leap. If you can't leap like me, just bounce. Because I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight back. Learn how to engage the enemy. Put the word of God on it. Oh, my God. It is written. Renew your mind and fight back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So what I want to talk to you about is the importance of worship. Oh my God, worship is so important. Worship is the, what the Lord craves from us. You know what, in worship, worship is not spending hours before God. That's great. If that's what you do, God bless you. But worship is just getting up, maybe driving your car to work and just talking to him. Talking to him. When I'm in my car, sometimes I just say, oh my, my. See my heart. I need you to see my heart because if you see my heart you will know I love you and then he'll tell you I love you back and what I like about him he always tries to prove to you and show to you how he loves you amen I told him Lord God I just need you to speak to me speak to me and you know what and you say speak to me you're not going to hear a voice, Roxy, this is God. You know, I said I don't have a spirit of fear, but that would kind of freak me out. How he speaks to you 
sometimes there's a scripture that just pops into your mind or in you hear a song and there's something in the song that speaks to your situation or, or, or sometimes somebody will say something to you that resonates in your belly. Because the Bible says confirmation comes in three. So if you hear it three times, baby, please know it's God. It ain't coincidence. If you hear it three times, it's God. He says, I do speak to you. He speaks to us every day. And when you are in tune with his spirit and your spirit through worship, it increases. And you don't have to doubt, God, is that you? Lord, is that you? Lord, is that me? Lord, is that you? No, you know. You know. So when you say the Lord is speaking to me, he's connecting with your spirit. He is. Let me just tell you right now to help you figure it out. It's not you. If you are dealing with anything that's contrary to your physical self, it's not you. Give you an example. If you wake up tomorrow morning and you have this thought you need to fast today, that ain't you. If you are at work and the Lord pops into your mind, go read the book of Job. That's not you. If you are arguing with your boo, and I'm guilty, and the Lord says, shut your mouth and listen. That's not me. You are in tune with his presence. And when you're mad to me, I mean, girl, swole mad. And the Lord says, go apologize. And you got to go. Because uh, I love you more than I love myself. And I love you more than I love my pride. And you got to go and say, oh, baby. Because mm. I love you. And every time, every time you move woo, swiftly to him. He draws you in a little closer, and he draws you in a little closer, and he draws you in a little closer. So, you know what? Don't you think by any means that you are bougie? Like your friends tell you, you change. No, baby, you just getting closer. Uh, when you begin to mature, because what they do, you used to enjoy, but now it just don't feel the same, and it ain't just that enjoyable no more. You're just getting closer. When they used to say things that could take you from zero to 10, and now it takes you to zero to two. I didn't say it don't take you anywhere. I just said it take you to two. You're getting closer. Learn how to engage the enemy. Because he's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's coming for your worship. He's coming for your faith. He's coming for you. Study him. He's going to make you think, are you really saved? He's coming for you. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm saved. I may not be perfect. I may have to repent every now and then. But I'm saved. I believe in this Jesus who, who redeemed me by his blood. I believe in this Jesus who gave me the authority of his name. I believe in this Jesus who was there for me every step of the way. So I'm going to worship my way through this thing. The best thing 
you can ever do is when you don't feel like it and you're so hurt and so broken and so confused when you can bow your knees and say, God, I worship you. In spite of what I'm feeling right now, I worship you. Satan has to back back because now you pulled out your weapon of faith and you pulled out your weapon of worship and don't put the weapon of the word on them. My God. My God. Worship. 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 Worship you. And I feel led to say this. The Lord says to tell you to worship your way through it. Oh, my God. Worship your way through it. Through your frustration, worship your way through it. Through your anger, worship your way through it. Through your confusion, worship your way through it. You got to worship. You got to worship. Stop looking at it. Stop looking at her. Stop looking at him. Start worshiping your way through it. My God. I told my husband once, baby, if you can stand the pool, God is going to pull you through. Worship your way while you're being pulled through. Because don't nothing last forever. That thing will end. That thing will end. Remember he said it's a test. Whew. I can easily defeat it, says the Lord. But I want to know, do you know who you are? Oh, my God. Worship. 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 And if you don't feel comfortable speaking to that thing, that thing might be your boss. Or that thing might be a spouse. Or that thing might be a child. Whatever that thing is, if you don't feel comfortable speaking directly to it, go to the bathroom, shut the door, and speak it. Because the Bible says there's principalities in the air. Those demons hear you. They hear you. Speak it. And don't back down if they try to confront you. Speak it. I'm going to open up the altars. I'm going to share this with you really quick. Last year for my daughter's uh, baby shower, baby Levi, before he was, before he was born, oh my God, I was home alone. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. They had Myler balloons that spelled out his name. Now, all the balloons were in a room upstairs, okay? I was home alone, I don't know, about 2 o'clock in the morning. For some reason, I got up, and the V on the balloon was floating on the third step, just floating there by itself. And I looked at the V. I don't know, maybe the wind blew it down is what I thought. I went into the bathroom, I came out, and the V of the balloon was at the bottom of my bed. Now, if you knew my house, it had to come down the stairs, turn a corner, turn another corner, and come to the bottom of my bed. That's when I knew it wasn't the air conditioner. So I looked at that V, and I said, you're going to get out of here in the name of Jesus. You're not welcome in this house. And whatever you are, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of here. And then I took a pen and I stabbed all the air out of that V balloon. And I got to bed and went to sleep. And slap. Now, don't you be bold enough, you demonic thing, to walk up into my house and to let me know you're here and think I don't have enough Holy Ghost. My God, you get out of here. I ain't always been that deep. There was a time, Sister Ada, I probably got out of there. 
but not this time because you mature and I spoke to that thing this ain't the place and I'm not the woman I'm too full of God because I'm going to take you on I refuse to buck and shake I refuse to doubt him I do and I ain't going to tell you that I don't take a punch I do take some punches oh my God but I know how to counteract don't make me pull out my military training and use it in this spiritual warfare. Worship your way through it. Worship. Worship your way through it. I'm going to ask the prayer warriors to come. And we're just going to touch and agree with you. Amen. Sister Ada, come. Amen. Amen. We want to worship together. Amen. And I pray, I pray that I gave Pastor Siri some justice. Amen. Because it starts with the mind. It starts with the mind. Learn how to engage the enemy. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let's lift our hands right now. Everyone, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for revelation. We thank you, Lord God, for elevation and revelation. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us how to engage the enemy, for giving us that boldness that we like, for giving us that courage that we need, for giving us the model, the example of how we are to interact with the enemy when he comes before us. So we proclaim in the name of Jesus that this week and the week after and the week after and the week after, we will say it is written. And we will watch you perform. And we will watch the angels come and minister to our needs just like they did you, Jesus. Lord God, I pray right now for the renewing of the people's minds. Renew of their minds. For where were they were once confused, they are no longer confused. Where they were once in darkness, they are now in the light. Where they were once uncertain, they are now sure. Where they are once, Lord God, afraid, they are no longer walking in fear. We thank you right now because we proclaim and we profess that you are God and there is none greater, nobody more mighty, nobody, Lord God, and every demon in hell is subjected to the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And we put them under our feet right now. I pray peace in their homes in Jesus' name. I pray breakthrough in their finances in Jesus' name. I pray healing in their bodies in Jesus' name. I pray protection and covering over their loved ones, over their children, over their marriages in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord God, that you open up their understanding, oh God, so that they can know who you are. I pray, Lord God, the spirit of wisdom upon each and every one of them in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that they were succumb to your will in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for your guidance. We were predestined in you, so we walk in our destiny in Jesus' name. I thank you right now, Lord God. We receive your word. We receive your blessing. We receive your anointing. We receive you, Lord God. Receive you. We receive you. We receive you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.